five, four, three, two, one. In this episode, I wanted to share some audio from a podcast that I was recently a guest on. It is called Me NCU's Bleeding Edge. It is hosted by Jeff and Cyber. They invited me on to do a review of the new Disney Plus show, Willow. I am a huge fan of the original Willow movie, so I was very excited to uh, meet some new podcasters and actually do a video uh, podcast, which which I've done a few times, but I've definitely been looking to get into more video content. I was also a guest for the second episode of this show, but I'm going to make you go to their YouTube page, or you can go to your favorite podcatcher app if you don't want to watch the video um, to watch episodes one and two of the of this recap series. I am on episode two. And then I wanted to share this episode three with you guys uh, in audio form. Again, if you want to see the video of this show, you can go to their YouTube page, MCU's Bleeding Edge, and you should definitely follow them across all platforms. They're everywhere. Uh, Jeff is really linked in to a lot of different platforms, so pretty easy to find. I would definitely recommend The Willow Show if you're a fan of the original movie or into fantasy at all. So I hope you guys enjoy this a uh, little bit different uh, episode of the Jenny position, which might end up being my last of the year. So if that is the case, I do want to take this time to thank every single person who has been a guest on my show, listened to an episode, downloaded an episode. Your support is amazing and I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Anybody who's ever um, took the time to leave a comment or a review or uh, reach out to say anything nice about one of my shows, um, I really do appreciate it and I love doing this. I love doing this on the North-South Connection, especially with a group of um, podcasters and, and friends and quite frankly, family. Uh, I adore them. I adore all of their content. If you're a wrestling fan, you can definitely listen to all of the content that you can find right here on North South Connection and all of our sister feeds as well. Place to be wrestling feed and uh, the pop experience feed. So again, uh, thank you uh, for uh, another great year. And I'm going to keep trucking along in 2023. See you then. Bitch, I'm a cow. There you go, baby. I'm a cow. Go, go move, Jazz. Go move, Jen. Let's go. I want to see your best. I want to hear your best move. What's going on now? Anyways, I'm just kidding, folks. We don't we don't demand our that our female guests uh, on command make fucking weird cow noises and stuff like that here on the bleeding edge. We're very much against that kind of stuff. Move. Right? All, Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm oh, come a cow. On now. See, that's the opposite of what I wanted here. I was trying to prove a point here, and you guys just fucked me up. So it's it's too catchy. Much. We can't help it. Oh, you know what? You're right. I'm surprised that that did become a hit song. No. Me too. <laughs>
No. When she, when she puts the two french fries in her nostrils and shit and whatnot and everything, that is the best. Hot. I love it. Yeah. That is a dope. That was a great, like, uh, addition to her look. You know what I mean? Like, way to accessorize there, uh, uh, cow bitch. Either way, uh, <laughs> they should have her on Willow. That'd be, should be, be a great addition to, like, to the, 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 the staff. But anyways, folks, here we are, the MCU's Bleeding Edge YouTube channel and podcast. Um, it's wonderful, fabulous, live streaming away here on a Friday evening, whatever time it is for you. Um, you know, getting after it. The Willow, episode three, recap and breakdown. The Willow Disney Plus series. Um, whoa. Yes, that was my lighting falling down. Um, hey, I don't know what that was all about, but I guess it was a breeze in my house. Lights um, falling down. Lights yeah. falling down. Yeah. That's okay. I'll put that up in a minute. I'm a professional, so I'll be okay. I'll roll with it. You know, I look better in the dark anyway. Chicks tell me, so it's good. It was uh, it was She Hulk. Oh, is that, that you know what? I blame She Hulk for that shit. I do just to be clear. And just to be clear, Jen, it's not fair that you can smoke like that and I can't smoke, so you Sorry. can't smoke anymore like that. All right, just to be clear, I'm not having it. Okay, um, I'll stop. You're fu- you're fucking me up. No, you can smoke. Go ahead. But anyways. <laughs> Here I am, once again, it seems we've assembled a bit of a team here. We're going to have to see, we're going to try to see if we can keep Jen around for these Willow episode reviews as long as we can. Um, try to keep her happy, um, you know, but um, either way, we got Jen I'm just, back. I'm just happy to be here. I know you are. Yeah. We're happy to have you. We got Jazz back. And of course, I've got my loyal, uh, longtime content creator and YouTuber, Cybernetic Sharp, my co-host, the, uh, the, the, the dual, the duality, the the fifty percent of the bleeding edge over here, probably fifty five if anything, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, and the and the real looks of the show, from a attractiveness standpoint, you know, um, right there, there he is, with the with the with the badass green screen with the willow. Oh, and that that is like the best shot of all the the images I've seen of Willow online when I looked for thumbnail shit. That is the best shot I, that right there. I love it. Um, there's one other one too where you see all of them from behind. And they're right on like the the line before they go into that the pass the barrier. That's great too. It's pretty epic. So I just want to put out there real quick and whatnot. I'm gonna go around real quick. Jennifer, um, I don't I don't know how to like really explain your bona fides yet because I know that your content creation is kind of like in involvement, right? So please introduce yourself real quick. My name is Jennifer Smith. Uh, been podcasting for about six years. Uh, you can find me currently on a feed called the North South Connection Podcast Network. Uh, I am there every Wednesday with the Jenny position. And um, so on Wednesdays, you will find um, whichever one of my shows is on that day. So I do like a live watch called You Heard About Pluto, where we just live watch stuff on Pluto TV. And then I do a, a horror uh, movie live watch podcast called Freak Out Drive-In, where I, me and a guest pick a horror movie and live watch it. I have sort of a sort of a everything trash kind of show called Talk and Pop with my best friend, uh, Tim Capel. And that comes out kind of sporadically, but we had a fun one recently where we talked about cryptids. <laughs> So, uh, you can find all those on my Twitter feed. I will um, link everything that I do there on Twitter, at uh, Jenny Position. And I'm also a big professional wrestling fan, so I have some wrestling content as well, if anybody's into that, which I know is niche. Well, hey, uh, do me a favor and make sure, if you don't mind, get in the uh, Facebook Instagram Messenger and send me any links you want me to put in descriptions. Sure, yeah. 
Okay. I've done that, that already. So yeah. It's no big deal. Just, you know, whenever you can, go ahead and do that. Um, Cyber, if you would do the same thing for me too, brother, I'd appreciate it. I know it's been forever and I didn't ask you, but I'd help that appreciate it too. And same thing with you, Jazz. But um, Jasmine is, of course, the, um, I guess you could say host or the um, owner of, um, what, I always get screwed up with this, Jazz. Is it Jazzy um, nerd, Nerdy Girl Reactions? Reacts. And yes, <laughs> you got it right. All right. I'm going to get it one of these times. I'm going to get it. Um, That's okay. And, I messed up too. And Jess and I just banged out some really awesome bandmade uh, reaction videos that me and Jennifer are going to be doing here soon too, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have them up on our YouTube channel here soon. And I'll have them up too in the Bleeding Edge Reactions playlist. So we'll be looking for that, folks. Jasmine was checking out some bandmade, loving it. Um, over here, headbanging and shit and everything. It was it was crazy, man. Fucking <laughs> intense. She's so blown away by bandmade, just like Cyber was. Right, Cyber? What? <laughs> perfect, perfect uh, answer there, Cyber. He's eating how his much, dinner. He ain't concerned. How, how enthused? I was talking about how enthused you are by bandmade. Oh, 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 oh! I'm so enthused. I know. The I best know. band ever. I know he worships my bandmade poster just like I do. It's a shared love. But anyway, now if uh, it was just to worship those beautiful Asian women, yes, <laughs> Japanese women, yes, but. Music-wise, mm-hmm. I just want to be clear here. I just didn't have any other bigger spot to put that fucking poster than there. There was nowhere else. That was it. It was either the, it was either take the American flag down and put it behind the American flag where the American flag was, or or not have it in the shot. So it's fine. I, mean, I don't know what happened. What's wrong with that? I didn't know how big it was when the bitch showed up and I opened it up. I was like, "You fucking kidding me?" I just wanted a poster. Well, that's a they lot of women. I, well, I know, but I know, but I didn't expect that thing. I've never even, to be honest with you, I don't want to sound like an, like arrogant. But I've never seen any other bandmate fans that have post, a poster that big before. That thing's massive. Um, so I do feel kind of lucky in a way that I ended up with it. To tell you the truth, it was a good mistake. Um, anyways, but it's a it's a badass poster. I love the colors of it. I love the old school gray and white and you know black type colors. Um, like they used to do back in the day when like you know our parents used to go and our families would go for those cowboy, you know. Uh, shoots and whatnot where they get all dressed up and whatnot and stuff um but anyways willow episode three folks okay now before we get into willow episode three which i will say that i believe it's the best episode so far of the willow series i do i think it's the strongest one um now you guys of course have your own opinions on that and i'll come to you and get them but coming off episode one and two going into episode three starting with you jazz and then going to you jennifer and then of course you know ladies first and then you cyber with go coming off episode one and two, what was kind of like your your vibe, Jazz, as far as how you felt about the series off two episodes? Honestly, I was I was very enthused. It's giving it, the show has been giving very much a cross between Lord of the Rings and The Witcher in those first few episodes, vibe wise. Like they were building something phenomenal, like they're getting darker and more uh, more into the lore of the world, like that uh, world building that we kind of need from this show because with the movie, it is it gives us a little of the grounds of where they're going to begin with the story. Well, this one really dives into the world, so we kind of get a new overall vibe of it. So the first two episodes have been really inviting and interesting. 
they have their moments where you're kind of like, eh, I don't know where this is going. And some characters are giving you very much Amber from um, Invincible. But, <laughs> you know, it's getting there. And I'm I'm very interested. Excellent. Good to hear. All right, Jen. Much the same reaction. I was really surprised by how much I got super emotionally invested very quickly in two episodes. So, like I said, for me to put my phone down during an episode is sort of huge. And that's what it's been consistent in keeping my attention. Um, And I don't know if I thought this was the best one, but... It, it definitely is turning darker and we're starting to, I mean, there's humor still throughout, but we're starting to see that, that slide into the real shit's about to hit the fan. Okay. I would agree with that, that it is getting darker. Cyber? <clears throat> so, uh, the first two episodes, uh, I thought were decent, both of them. I enjoyed them. Uh, most definitely, uh, I think I've said in the, when we reviewed the first episode, I wish we had seen more of Willow in that episode. The second episode, I thought that was, you know, brilliant too as well. It had a lot of great moments. Not not as much action as I would have liked. Uh, you know, that was more similar in the film. Uh, but up to this point, uh, I felt they've been pretty decent. Um, I, I wouldn't say the greatest uh, compared to the film, but overall pretty decent. Uh, and this next episode really changed my mind. So, yeah, up to this point, I feel that it was pretty decent, and uh, I was looking forward to seeing what else it was to bring. Okay, most definitely. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I'd say, you know, I would probably agree with all of you. Um, you know, I think you all pretty much would mirror, to some extent, kind of where I'm at, you know, um, truthfully. Um I'm just looking. I'm looking at this right now on my monitor, and wow, the 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 clarity on it, the monitor is so much better than my laptop. It's like great. We look. We actually look great, folks. Just to let you know, we look really good. Um, not me, of course. Just you, you two in cyber. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Obviously. but uh, of course, um, it's the green screens. You know, the green screen does it for cyber. Um, so no, I would say probably if I had to, you know, put it out there, I would just say that, um. My expectation was that things had to get better. It had to like the, there had to be an, a, the uh, increase in the quality of the episodes after those first two. I had a feeling either be either three or four would really pop off. That's how Rings of Power was for me, which was sad because I think a lot of people gave up on that series after they watched the first episode of the second episode and said "fuck this" and just walked away. And if they had just stuck around with it instead of just talking shit, like they actually would have realized that like it gets better. And, like, by the time you get to the end of it, it's actually a pretty solid se- season, the first season. I don't know why everybody's flipping out about it. They think everything's got to be changed. I don't. But, hey, that's another conversation, right? So, to change up the, the order of things a little bit and make things fun, I'm going to actually ask you guys for your episode ratings right now, the beginning of the show, for episode three. And then we'll break down the episode. So, I'm going to start with you, Cyber, and we'll go back around the other way around. Cyber, then Jen, then Jazz. Cyber, give me your rating for episode three. I give it a solid 10. Uh, I thought it was really fantastic. Uh, it was the whole fight sequence that pulled me in, and because of that, I give it a 10. Holy shit. That's really quick in this series to be dropping a 10, brother. But hey, that's your call, man. What do you think, Jen? 
Is cyber fucking delusional or what? <laughs> now look, that's a bold, bold, bold choice, but I like it. I like it when somebody marks out for something so hard and they're like, I don't care what y'all say. This third episode of this show is a 10, and that's what I think. So I like that choice. I'm not going to echo it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go like eight. I'm going to go eight. Okay. 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 Jess? A nine. Okay. Sure. Because Very we're fair. only in episode three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And a show can go either way from here. That's very true. That's very true. That's a very good point. It is. Um, hey, you know what? And I'll drop mine right now. I'd say I'd give it a 8.5, right in there, right in the middle probably of that, you know, somewhere around that range. Um, not quite a 9 yet, and I'm going to save my 10s. I don't know if I'm going to have a 10 in the series. We'll have to see. Um, you know, at this point right now, I'd, I'd say it would be dubious, but it depends. It's like, like Cyber said, the action really added a lot to this episode. We finally got some serious action and it was well done too. Um, you know, so props to them, but, um, okay. So before I actually start off and kind of break down like the intro of the episode, um, Jen, um, is there anything that you'd want to point out in particular that really stood out for you? that like brought brought your your ratings up on this episode and whatnot if you had to kind of you know just uh consolidate it into very something very simple what was it that brought brought things you know out in this episode that really got it going for you i like the pacing i think that's one of the main things that i took away from it is that we're not really dwelling in a lot of these scenes we're not because on some of these fantasy shows and these high concept shows, sometimes they just they they insist upon themselves in the scenes and they want to drag some of this stuff out. But I feel like they use their time well. These episodes are not very long. And so we don't get a lot of time to world build. So I appreciate the pacing in this. And we're moving along and we're not just sitting around waiting even though it felt that way on that last episode a little bit because we're waiting on her to find her magic. Um, we're really steaming along with this plot and big things are happening in every episode still. So, like Jasmine said, this this a third episode in a show is kind of like where you go, if I'm sticking around usually for me. Um so if you're still steaming ahead in that third episode and you haven't bogged down in a lot of this world building yet, you're doing good. Okay, Jasmine? Well, like she said, it's the third episode that usually helps people figure out whether or not they stick around, but sometimes it's the first episode for people that pulls them into a series. Like, um, there are some people that could have watched the first episode of the House of the Dragon and immediately were like, mm, too slow for me. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Lord of the Rings and been like, mm, just a long ass movie. <laughs> you know, like, it's all about that, what pulls you in and it has to be captivating enough. And this episode itself 
captivated me. I mean, I was already pulled in episode two, but this one, it feels nice for them to give you a slow burn, but give us a little bit of action in there mixed in. It's nice to have a little bit of both. Sometimes you need a little bit more depth and the show seems to be doing that without feeling like it's been rushed. Like a lot of shows have been due to COVID restrictions. Cyber. Uh, would you repeat the question, please? What was it that if you had to just really just basically, you know, simplify, simplify it down to something, you know, easy. What was it that you really thought was a difference for you that really made it stand out for you in episode three? I, I mean, honestly, like I said, it was the action sequence. That was my key point on this whole episode is that that final battle sequence at the end of the episode blew me away. It was what exactly I was looking for because in the film itself, some of the best sequences in that whole entire film were when Mad Mardigan was kicking butt. And that's what I was looking for in the series because when I think of Willow, I think of like Mad Morgan, I think of action, I think of medieval times battling and stuff like that. So that sequence where all of them, you know, basically fight off against the Queen's guards that are infected by the Creon or Korea, whatever they're called. And, uh, you know, they're battling. It was just action packed and how it was like dark out. It was raining. It was flooding. That just all worked so well and made it so enjoyable. So, I think that's what made a big difference for me was this action sequence was just the best action sequence in the last three episodes. Okay. Excellent. And pardon me. I'm over here just uh, doing my little production deal and whatnot and everything. And I'm on Twitter. I'm on whatever you want to call it now. Twitter. I'm not sure whether it's Periscope still or Twitter Live. I, I, no, one, no one will really tell me. But I usually always like to go on here and tweet our show live, like, you know, and try to see if I can pick a couple people off of Twitter to jump on real quick. Um, no, I just heard something fall out. That's okay. At least it wasn't my penis, right? Um, either way, uh, yeah, you know, that's never positive. Uh, tried moving one of those on before one time. Uh, very, very happy to have, very, you know, very tough. Um, I've actually wondered about that before, you know, what would it be like to wake up in the morning and have your penis fall off? You know what I mean? It'd be very interesting. Um, as far as it didn't happen with she Oak on me, to be honest with you, right. but it, yeah. it didn't, it didn't. No, it stayed on. It, it stayed attached, which is always good. Um, anyways, so, all right. The the opening scene of Willow, uh, if anything, it actually sets a tone of kind of the seriousness like that uh, that this is gonna, episode is going to take. Um, because um, the flashback um, scene that we see, which is visually great. I thought it was really well done. Uh, just like the whole episode visually was great, I thought, to point out right now. It's actually something I put in my notes was how good everything looked, how vivid at least on my end, except for some of the battle scenes, things got a little dark on me. I even tried to, tr to increase the brightness on my television to try to correct it and whatnot, and it didn't really do much for me, I'll be honest with you. It could be my TV, though, but it looked really dark. Some of the battle scenes, I couldn't even understand what was going on. Um, either way, the, the title of the episode is Battle of the Slaughtered Lamb. Borman tells Kit, the asshole, a story about Thul, or Thor, or whatever the fuck they call him, the rightful king of Chimeria, um, essentially, you know, riding out of the city gates to meet his tyrant brother and 2,000 death dealers. Um, and he, like, abruptly gets cut off and, um, cause, you know, just because Kit's an asshole. 
So, of course, she has to jump in. She's so predictable, it's not even funny. She has to come in, contest to jump in and be rude and interrupts him and shit. She's like, dude, enough, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, just give me the fucking gist here. You know, like, I've had enough of this crap or whatever. Um, because this involves her father, of course, uh, Mad Mardikin. Um, and I'm liking Borman. Like, Borman is becoming more useful and, like, impactful as a character, like, as the their little travail is going, it seems to me. And plus this connection and this tie where he actually knows Mad Mardikin and whatnot and everything and connects to, like, the first – the actual film. I think it's, like, great that he that they have that going with him. Um, and he has all this knowledge of the past and, and you know, in, in this world, in Chimeria, right? Because we don't know that much about – other than the movie, about the history, really, of what goes on in this, this realm. Um, so, basically, um, I guess – you know, right after that, of course, they realize that Laura has not just like taken off, but that she's been she's been taken. Um, but I'll start right off right there um, with you, Cyber. Um, what did you think of the whole um, flashback scene there? And, and I know it was short, but that but Borman's story and like you know and um, that that kind of back history we got about Chimeria. So I mean, the the story itself was interesting and fun. But the whole flashback sequence there, where it was very short, very, uh, you know, uh, I felt it wasn't, it was kind of to the point, but not completely to the point, I felt. I, I just felt it was, like, unnecessary to show that. It should have just ha kept panning on them and him explaining the story. And uh, so, you know, I don't think it was anything of significance. I, I thought it was okay. Uh, definitely my least favorite part of the episode, uh, just because I found it kind of boring. And, you know, even though the story was interesting... Uh, that flashback, this showing that just did not play out well for me. I I think they should have just stayed on Borman and Kit and uh, you know explain the story by just showing it, going back and forth them talking to each other, uh, telling the story. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was interesting. Like I said, and I thought that it uh it gave the episode some uh, interesting thoughts. So Jen. It, um, when Kit and Jade eventually get it on during the series, you know, hopefully they'll show it to us. Let's hope, right? Who do you think will be doming each other? Like, do you think that it'll be like, do you think that like Kit will be like an asshole and like try to dom Jade and like, and Jade will just like feign submissive or whatever, submissivity or whatever for her or whatever, some, or some shit? How do you think that'll go down? No, by the time they bang, I think Jade will be fully doming uh, our little princess here. Oh, really? You think that Kit's just, like, her asshole thing is actually just, like, an expression of her, like, her slave ability? Well, you know, most people that are, <laughs> that are like her are, are easily, you know, subbed up once you oh. figure them up. Oh, know? man. Me and Jen, uh, me and Jen are going to have some conversations at some point, <laughs> I think, I, on some of her. I'm going to go around her show, one of her shows, so we hear and I can have some discussions about of this course. type of trope. Uh, me and Jazz would have these conversations privately anyway already. So. <laughs> right, Jazz? Y'all and She-Hulk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, believe me. Um, no, I'm very... I'm the, <laughs> look, I'm very... I, I only talked to Cyber and, like, Beck and, and Renee about, like, what really happened the night that She-Hulk got me. That's some real deep shit. That's really dark stuff. I don't really want to, you know, make anybody uncomfortable, you know? Um mm -hmm. I mean, let's just say that Shield's penis was, it was, it was Shield's penis was bigger than mine, so you know what I'm saying. No and green, so you know what I'm saying. Nah, but um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so no, Jen, um, what did you think of the intro? Did you like it? Did that really kind of did it? Did it surprise you? I like it because it sort of 
puts Borman in the place of Mad Mardigan, really, because we're we're not. I don't think we're going to get any flashbacks or anything of him unless we're saving that for later on in the show. Um, uh, so really, Borman is our stand-in for him, and basically for her dad. Um, he has all the stories. He was there, you know. He knew him, and they were friends, and blah blah. So she's just really pumping him for information. I don't. I think y'all are just too hard on Kit. Um, she she's just like a little spoiled, you know. I don't know. She's used to getting her way. She interrupts the story. I like this story, by the way. I need some more of this context about why do we care about this artifact that we're going to go try to find. She's obsessed with it. Um, what is it and why do I care about it? So I needed that information. And I like the way he tells the story. He's funny. Um, I enjoy the humor in the show and I enjoy how easily they flit in and out of that. It's, it's, it's like humor heavy, but also it's not heavy handed. Like it's there. They can easily switch the tone from funny to serious with just changing the music and putting some steam coming up off the ground and then we're dramatic again like the humor is bouncy you know it doesn't it's not too much for me oh yeah i'm, I'm dying i'm dying laughing episode by episode yeah it was you. really good like i i just i really like his delivery of it and it, it makes sense that she's obsessed with stories about her dad so that's what's all yeah that's the connection with everything that's all that's her only driving that I believe is her only driving motivation to have any interest with Borman or anything to do with anything. She doesn't really give a shit about anything. I don't think mostly. Um, She's you know just obsessed with him and and whatever quest she wants to go on for this. What do they what do they keep calling it? The um, Chimerian something. Did they? I don't know. Did they? Did they give it a title? Cyber? Did they give nope. the quest a title or something? Yeah, it has a weird name. Anyway. I honestly don't remember a name. For the it's, quest, it's it's the um it's the armor thing that he explains that they made, uh the the brothers that were warring the mother made this armor for them. You're Out talking of, about you're talking about the Lux Arcana. Yeah, with the key, right? it's a little uh, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch on we're gonna get yeah. into that. We're we're gonna yeah. get into that later in the episode. Um, no, but yeah, that, that, that's, that, that does become, obviously that's going to, that's going to flush out throughout the course of the episode. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, um, I think that, um, uh, well here, I'll go, I'll, let me go over, you know, to you, um, jazz. What do you, what did you think of that intro jazz? I thought it was interesting. It was giving me very much, um, for his introduction in the first film. The way that it was panning from the scenery into the story he was telling. It was interesting seeing the character create the piece of, I guess, armor or gadget or whatever it was. Looked like a little pocket pussy with green lights. Anyway. <laughs> that was good. But. That was. That was good. I was really bad. I had to say it though. That's what it made me think of. It was like it looks like a little pocket pussy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> why would anybody but... be surprised if that's that that's that, that's what you would relate that to, Jazz? <laughs> but it didn't give me any substance. It had no payoff, in my opinion. 
Okay. It was brought in. It was told beautifully, but it had no structure integrity that happened in the episode outside of later. So for well, me, got, it just it, for me it kind of felt like well for me it kind of felt like they needed more time on it. They didn't need the girl, the print was what's her name Contress over there constantly uh, bickering about. Can you can you cut that off? He's just short neck. But shut up and let him tell the story. I was interested. That there was my go, only issue. See, I was about to just, I was about to, I was about to blame myself for being the only one that was that's been bad mouthing Kit, but then Jasmine just had to like go ahead and start talking shit right there. So now I can't. Oh, do I that hate anymore. her. I hate her so much. <laughs> but not because she's a bad character. I think it's she's written particularly to be frustrating because that is kind of her arc right now because she's lost without you know she's one of those uh daddy's girls who reluctantly didn't have a father and so without knowing who he is and a mother that's smothering and controlling she doesn't quite know who she is and that's kind of the story that they're going with but her mouth gets her in trouble and for me if i was the black girl best friend i would punch her in the mouth and be like bitch he talked too much but that's just me Cyber, would you want to go on a date with Kit if if you know uh, if you had an opportunity? Or, or would you do you do you find her uh, disposition positive? Hell no. Oh no, you don't like those rude bitches like that? No. She would have to pay me a billion gazillion patrillion dollars. Well, oh, she's man. broke, so. <laughs> Her mommy well, got that money. Oh no, then never. I'll tell you right now, if I had, if I could have a night with her, she would, she, I, that rudeness would be gone. I'd fuck it out of her. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Amber you know alert. I don't think she's like alert. boys. Honey yeah. Bun. Yeah. <laughs> Amber alert. The only, the only, the only, the only, the only rudeness you'd be hearing from her would be the fucking noises she'd be making that like, she was laying there like a, a wiped out pile of garbage when I was done with her. Okay. Okay. She'd be all smashed up then. That's okay though. That'd be that'd be another uh, another time. We'll work on that. But uh, either way, no. What I was thinking when I saw that to myself was, it's too bad that they didn't do a series on this, like this intro. You know what I mean? Like if they had done this, if this was the story and whatnot, this seems cool. And I like this. You know what I mean? Like you know. And what I was wondering too, um, going back to you, Jen, and then you, Jazz, and Cyber, what would, what do you think it would have been like if Dale was okay health wise and whatnot and everything, and he could have been in the series? What do you think? What do you think the impact could have been? If Dale could have been actually been a part of the cast and whatnot, and Ben, Mad Mardigan and whatnot, Jen, do you think it would have made a really big difference? Oh, I think so. For me, I mean, just for my reaction to Willow and everybody else, I think it would be awesome. Like, I hate that for him that he can't do it, but yeah, I can see something where he is either you know king with her, or they've had this split, which seems to be the case. And this storyline, and um, he's off doing something crazy because he's a crazy person. I, I I don't really see him sticking around to raise his kids. So. Well, you know, um, either way, he's a whore. Well, he's either way, he's Val Kilmer, and like honestly, I always thought. Streets. I think Val. I always thought Val Kilmer was a pretty solid actor. I really did. I do. Oh yeah, say what sure. he wants. So I, I don't see how he, if he was capable, I don't see how he wouldn't have been a, an addition to the series personally, um, as, you know, as an actor himself playing his character. 
But uh, Jasmine, um, of course, we all know, like, I mean, you know, um, Jasmine's, I think, a little bit younger than all of us, than Jennifer, probably than me, than Cyber. But, like, anybody that's, you know, of a, old enough to have grown up in the 80s, you know, and whatnot or whatever, you know, in that era, um, of course, you know, or 90s, like, of course, what loves Val Kilmer, or, like, knows Val Kilmer to where it would make a difference if he was in the series. Mm-hmm. So I'm what only do you think, 32. Jack? I know you're only 32. That is young, though. I know 80s films. I know Val Kilmer. Don't try me. All I, all I said was in order of age, it's probably Don't age, then Jennifer, then me, then Cyber. That's all I said. Well, I'm 40. I'm oh. There you go. I'm 42 and Cyber is fucking 75. 74. <laughs> Damn. He's I'm really just kidding. I'm just kidding. You say, what's I'm just age, kidding. age no, rate? No. Cyber's age doesn't need to be known. True. It's a secret. But anyways, Jasmine, so what do you think? What, what would Val's impact be on the series? Jazz, are you in the Multiverse of Madness again? No, sorry. My cat decided to be in heat and I had to stop her from getting mounted. I don't know. Dodge, what do you think about that, man? These cat, All these cat issues. Dodge has no opinion. Go ahead, Jess. What am I talking about now? Who, I, whatever you want, sweetie. The, the floor is wide open to you. Whatever, however you want to take it. No, I'm just kidding. Val's impact. What would it be like if Val was healthy enough and whatnot, could have been in the series and actually participated as a it character? It would have been interesting to see him. I know he wouldn't have stayed to be a king, that's for sure. He definitely would have been being his drunken, I'm locked up in a cage somewhere self and he would have you know said willow buddy help me <laughs> you know that's him he definitely would have pulled the same tricks he did in the original but with a little bit of maturity that's my opinion but it would have been nice to see him he probably would have brought some humor a little bit more humor to it but matured humor good point to it because of he we would have aged with him due to the fact that um, it's his reprisal of the role. So I definitely would have enjoyed it. Most definitely. And Cyber, you, I'm most looking forward to, you, to what you would think about this because I know that you've covered Val's whole career and whatnot and everything, of course. So what do you think the really the overall, the overall impact would have been? And I'm talking in terms of the popularity of the show, the build-up to it, like the, 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 the audience numbers, um, the authenticity that he would have brought the gravitas, you see what I'm saying, to to the cast, right? Because he automatically would have been would have been the most esteemed actor or actress or accomplished actor or actress in the show, right? If he would have joined the cast, so oh, definitely, yeah. So I mean, you know, people can say what they, again. I'm not, you know, some people bash some of the movies he's done, but I think Val's made some really d- damn good movies, man. Um, he's a good actor, um, you know. Um, so you tell me, what would his impact have been? And I think Jazz makes a good point. The humor would have been he would have added a lot of really authentic humor to the series. Well, when he when he made Willow in '88, I mean he was already kind of a name because he was had just been in Top Gun, and he had done a few other things prior to that's Real Genius and stuff like that, and Top Secret stuff like that, and so he was he was kind of a, a you know already kind of a big name. So he was pretty big when he made this film, and this film 
just capitalized on him as an actor and people just fell in love with him. He got a huge following after this, after, you know, the original Willow film and he became a superstar. So I think that it would have been a huge impact for a lot of people if, you know, unfortunately he didn't have, have gotten throat cancer and unfortunately lost his voice box and, you know, had to deal with all that and not be able to really talk anymore. And so I think that if he had been a part of the show, that would have made a huge difference because also they probably would have taken into account his past with the show and write it more towards his liking too as well because of how big of a star he is. You know, just kind of like what happened with the Santa Clauses series that they just put out. Tim and Allen is the Santa Claus. So a lot of his influence went into that show and how it was created. And so that's why the show seems a lot like the movies because, you know, he put his input to into it. So I feel like it, the Willow show, because unfortunately Val Kimmer isn't a part of it, a lot of how it's written, how it's going along is a lot different than I feel it would have been if he had been a part of the series. And so I think also, you know, like Jasmine said, yeah, most definitely he would have added you know, that great humor because he had a lot of great humor in the film, you know, especially when he gets the magic dust on him and he's falling in love with Sorsha and stuff like that was like perfect and funny. And, you know, his relationship with the Brownies and his relationship with, you know, all the different characters was just really fun and made that movie so enjoyable. So, yeah, I think his impact would be very huge on on this show if he had been a part of it. Yes, and I would agree. I think that you make really good points there, and I think that um, I think you're right. I think that I think the entire story would have been written differently. That's how much of an impact that he would have been, because I think he would have really elevated the entire series, because I think that he could have carried the series even in a minimized role, better than like Warwick Davis can. Frankly, I'm just gonna put it out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this isn't the '80s anymore. Um, you know what I mean? And, um, nothing against Warwick. I mean, he does a great job as Willow, but, um, he just doesn't carry that same weight that Vale does, right? You know, on screen, that screen presence and whatnot and everything is just different. Um, so either way, um, you know, when we get past, you know, the Borman kit dialogue, which obviously is, it, it seems like it's going to be a recurrent theme, them kind of talking to each other and kind of like, you know, buddy buddying almost or something like that or whatever, right? Um, they kind of separated them, um, you know, throughout, you know, through, you know, through the whole aspect of his relationship, you know, with um, Matt Bardigan. Um, so essentially, um, from there, as I said, there's a realization that Laura has been actually grabbed by somebody they don't know who. Um, and it, you know, we end up with Jade finding and confronting um valentine or valentine um who has of course been you know um now like well well infected um you know and like almost possessed or whatever you want if you want to call it by um the lich or the like or i forget you know how you pronounce the name his name um of course by the you know the magic he used you know he it turned uh, valentine into a disciple um which is also what all the soldiers are that then come in they're the, they're basically disciples um, and basically, um, it's interesting because even though, um, uh, Ballantyne is, uh, essentially infected by the darkness, as we later in the episode, hear it being named by, um, uh, Borman, right there again, another, another trope that's very connected to like rings of power 
and Lord of the Rings, right? The darkness, the dark versus light vibe, like that whole thing. And Rings of Power, that was flushed out all the time. Like that was like, and but well done too. Um, but uh, either way, um, you know, Jade confronts Valentine. Now, don't forget now that Valentine raised Jade and trained Jade, right? And everything and whatnot. And she is like his father figure and whatnot and everything. And of course, you know, there's a, there is actually like a really, really solid emotional moment towards the end of the episode that I even like cried inside and what, and, and outside during and whatnot. So I didn't actually, but it was nice. It was emotional. Um, so, um, you know, Jade finds Valentine. He see she sees that, you know, Alora is tied up to the back of the source. She confronts him. Um, and, um, now even though he's possessed and everything and whatnot, he does make an effort multiple, multiple times to like warn people, to warn others throughout the episode, like, don't fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to kill you, but I will. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, which surprises me kind of in a way that they went with that direction, right? He could just be the darkness or whatnot and just be killing people and like not even caring or paying, not even talking to people. But he actually is like not so possessed that, you know, he's still trying to be diplomatic at times, which I found interesting. I did. Um, so at that point, you know, there's like a, a sh very short skirmish between um, Jade, of course, who is a, you know, a well-trained, like high-level swordsman swordswoman right um you know uh you know and they kind of like go out of the little bit and whatnot um then the rest of the team join in um willard vocally announces that he knows that he's serving the cronin right he can he can detect it and tell that he's been infected or possessed or whatever the gales right um and essentially the like i said the, the other soldiers come out of nowhere they join the fray um, we get like a very short skirmish, um, you know, where we, you know, it's some pretty solid action, some sword on sword action and whatnot, you know, and stuff like that and whatnot. Right. Um, Willow's little, little buddy there jumps in. He seems to be a pretty badass little dude. Um, I forget his name. And, uh, essentially Willow tries to use magic. Uh, there's like smoke, but they end up grabbing, uh, you know, Alora and taking off. Um, so um jazz what did you think of that whole scene um what are your thoughts personally the fight scene was amazingly choreographed watching willow purchasing some rusty magic didn't feel like magic to me. It felt like his old tricks were like the baby trick. But this one was more chemical based. Like he was just mixing two, a couple vials. That's why he needed a moment. Because later we find out that he kind of can't. But for like risk reasons. But for the most part. Seeing that the girl from Winter Soldier. I really need to get her name down. Her fight, you know, practicing with the princess was mostly because of the mom. But Ellie, Ellie Kellerman. Ellie Ellie Kellerman. Ellie Kellerman. Watching her and the princess interact, contrast, interact during the battle was interesting because you got to see something that will pay off later. The princess, the contrast not being very good at sword play. Even though in the first episode, we saw her winning. 
Um, it was interesting to see different dynamics throughout the battle. It was funny watching the princess interact with the prince. Or uh, I mean, um, the what, what the hell's her name? Alora interact with the prince when he went to help her, and she had the nerve, the gall to say, "Was nobody else available, bitch?" <laughs> the nerve. I would have said, "Fuck her. She can take her." <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck this world. Tie your damn self, then, bitch. I'm. I see why Willow left. Fuck that little girl. <laughs> fuck you in this town. I'm with Willow now. Cause like that was funny. I was. It pissed me off for a bit. I was like, bitch. But it's interesting just seeing that the magic that the uh, Alora used earlier in the end of the last episode made more than a sprout, because I really thought it was going to make, like, just a really big sprout, but it made, like, a whole little bonsai tree. I think that's what they're called. Yin tree. You know that crap from China. Anyway. Oops. Don't cancel me. I just don't know what it's called. <laughs> I just know the location. Okay, anyway. Um, it was just cool seeing that, it, that she's a lot stronger than she thinks she is, so that was interesting. So, and Mr. Roddy soldier over there. Uh keeps his vocals keep changing. You ever notice he kind of seems like one of those people that are like a DJ but he can't seem to get the mic the right audio length. And keeps getting the echoing. That's what he sound like. So like it was interesting. Okay. Cyber? That's all I have to say. <laughs> Cyber? Okay. So, the fight sequence. Uh, that whole sequence, like I said, this is the, one of the biggest reasons I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was really well done, really well choreographed, like everyone has said. I thought that the you know the whole sequences with everyone battling each other was really done well. Uh, I know some people probably found it uh, kind of dark. It was kind of dark. Uh, like you were saying, Jeff, you were having a hard time seeing it. Uh, I tell I totally get that, but I thought that the whole concept of them fighting in the rain, it flooding kind of was really well done too. How they choreographed that, and uh, I thought that whole section was really well done. The conversation between Kit and uh, Ellen Kellerman, uh, I thought was like so pointless and stupid, and just like like so what you know, like so what if you know she she let you win it was to be nice to you so just get over it so i thought that was kind of stupid how like she kind of made us think about it i didn't think that was necessary and uh but overall i really enjoyed the sequence all that fighting sequence the you know it just all was so well done and and it, it blew my mind because it, like i said the first two episodes there was a little bit of action and then they give us this really hands down fantastic and it just was so fun really enjoyable yeah, just not the fucking stupid conversation between uh, Jane and Kit or whatever. Whatnot. Why they even bother with that shit, I have no idea. What they think we're getting out of that as an audience, I don't really know. Um, I mean, maybe if they at least would like show some titties or something during those conversations or something, I might be a little more into it or whatever. But, you know, whatever. That's just me, though. Uh, and uh, I mean, no disrespect to women out there or anything like that by saying that either, just to be clear. I just like titties. Um, can't blame me. Uh, it's a biological aspect of, of, of who I am. Anyways, Jed, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, the opening scene there? After I set you up with that fucking get you laughing type type vibe. Well, we all like titties, but um, 
mean, that that scene with them didn't bug me. I don't think as much as she has, but uh, she. It's hurtful. It's hurtful when somebody is doing something for reasons that you're unaware of. Like, Kit didn't realize this whole time. She thought she was a good fighter. She thought, you know, she won all those fights. Like, it was genuine. So it's hurtful when you find out that things aren't the way that you thought they were. Um, And so that's a little humanizing moment for her, I thought. Um, But also, it shows how naive she is because, look, she's the, the princess. So, yeah, you probably should have been suspicious that you won all of your fights um, with your buddy there um, because your mama told her to lose to you every time. So, um, but again, I thought the fight scene was really good. Um, our prince, Graydon, interesting um, his uselessness uh, at this point. And obviously, I think that He's going to end up dying, right? He's going to sacrifice himself for somebody that will end up being his usefulness. That's my prediction for this show. Um, but hopefully not. I, I think he's doing well. He, it, to me, he's just that annoying kid from Spider-Man. So it's funny to see him in this. And to me, he's like a natural heel. So he's trying to be a good guy. kind of want him to be a bad guy. Okay. All right. Um, well, well, you know, honestly, hey, you know, um, maybe uh, partially you never know. Like when Jade was letting Kit win um, during those sparring sessions and whatnot, maybe Jade was just trying to set her up in certain sexual positions, like certain physical spots, so she could like rub snatch on snatch and shit and stuff like that, you know, from different angles. You know what I mean? And kind of catch, or catch be, a feel. You know? Yeah. You know? Uh, I know but, I do um, that when I do sparring with other people. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I don't blame you. I probably, I was, if not for the fact that, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'd be, I'd be concerned about like, you know, uh, the Me Too movement going after me or something over that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably would go that in that direction too. But um, you know, me being such a professional, obviously, all the time, uh, I'm very concerned about that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So consent you know. form. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, we're going to start incorporating consent forms into the bleeding edge. So, Good. Uh, Good. Yeah. Uh, just you know, no, but we're actually not gonna be doing that anytime soon. <laughs> but, uh, I think that uh, I think you should sign a consent form before you have to fucking have a conversation with Kit. Like you know what I'm saying, like personally, but that's just me. Uh, so no, uh, that you know that action scene was actually more illuminated. I thought Cyber, I did that one. I could actually see some of it better. It was the last one, the final one, where it really got dark. It reminded me of that Game of Thrones. Um, uh, last the the. Last night or whatever it was called episode, um, or the, the long night episode where where the battle was the, the battle got so dark you couldn't even tell what the fuck was going on. That's an epic fucking episode. That battle, man, the fight of the 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 the, the army of the dead versus uh Winterfell. That's some deep shit. Did you ever see that, Jen? No, I'm not a I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, but I know what you're talking uh- about. I'm not either, but I I watched that on YouTube. They have it up. You can watch it individually. I watched people react to it. Um, it's dope. But um, anyway, so essentially, um, what we find out is that when we get back with Valentine and the rest of his, you know, disciples, that they're intended to deliver Allura to, you know, um, the crone, who plans to uh, banish her 
from the mortal realm, uh, essentially, right? Um, where, where am I, uh, what do you call it, um, echoing on at right now, I'm wondering. Oh, so anyways, um, you know, at that point, of course, um, Alora manages to, on the sneak level, uh, cut her ropes and her ties and whatnot and her bindings and whatnot from the horse, and she jumps off, and she kind of flees into these woods. And I even noticed then, um, at that point during that scene, that again, like, um, just the coloring and the illumination of those scenes I thought were excellent. Like, this is what very well shot, I think, so far. Willow is. It, I got, I, I, not, again, I'm Cyber's like the cinematic guy, I'm not, but I thought that like the visuals so far have been really good, uh, very vivid, you know, um, and like, you know, again, other than that battle scene. So, um, Again, that's when we get the um, we get the Jade and Kit. This is how I described it in my outline. This is how I write my outlines. Jade and Kit have some more of the useless bullshit. Um, Jade was told to train with Kit by Kit's mom. That's how I, that was how I wrote what I took out of that whole deal. Basically, yeah, I like totally. You know what you get is what you what you see, folks. I even outlined like an asshole. How about that? <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so you know. Of course, the rest of the troop, the rest of the team, um, the prince and Willow and his buddy, and um, you know, they're the wagon is like broke down. They're trying to get the wagon back on track, right? Um, you know, then I highlight again on my outline, right? Right after that, again to double down my my thoughts of Kit, right there. Kit is an asshole. There you go. Okay, that's you know, that's what I'm taking as I'm watching the episode. That's what I'm thinking to myself. Um, that's how much I love Kit. And, um, you know, and so, um, Alora, um, is like in these haunted ass woods. It was very reminiscent again of like, um, the Hobbit, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, um, it almost like, you know, where, um, you know, like Mirkwood or whatever, whatnot it was where like, you're hearing like this, the darkness, like you're hearing this audible, like, you know, these sounds that sound like almost like witch-like or demonic. Um, and there's almost like this, like, um, darkness, to the like to the you know to the um to the force which I didn't understand what that was all about to be honest with you they never really kind of explained that um but she stumbles upon of course uh two chicks um who seem really really cool they've got like Australian accents and shit and everything and whatnot which I always like um and they're real tough uh Annie and and um and Huber um uh, they're talking all kinds of shit and everything and whatnot and um you know and uh, Huber has some big axe and shit. And um, once they figure out that, you know, they see the mark and realize that she's, you know, um, Alora, you know, um, Dan, Danan, Danan, they like flip out and like, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll fight, we'll fight to the death to, you know, protect you and whatnot and all this shit. So, um, you know, before, I guess, well, no, I'll get into it. Valentine, of course, shows up with, you know, with the rest of the disciples. Very simple, you know, scene. Kills. Hubert, pretty quick. Hubert, we find out here that, like, this darkness that's in Valentine, this infection, um, seems to be able to, like, allow him to be, like, seriously mortally wounded and not even, like, notice or whatever, because um, Hubert sticks him right to the, in the back with that axe, and he doesn't even seem to mind. And then he kills her. Um, Annie uh, turns into, like, a little bitch and runs with Alora into, like, the, 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 the haunted woods again. Um, Annie gets killed. Um, by, you know, by Valentine, um, who Valentine explains to Alora that those deaths are on her. It's her fault. Like, all of them are on, are on her. 
because all she needs to do is submit. And he's actually like voicing essentially at that point, like, you know, the Cronin, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, what they basically want from her as like, you know, the being that she is. Um, so um, before we get into Kit and Borman having another one of their, their dialogues, um, Cyber, your thoughts, sir, on those array of scenes. What was my thoughts on those array of scenes? Um, they were okay. I thought that they uh, they flowed the episode uh, very smoothly and nicely. I thought I thought that they gave us a little bit more information, kind of on the relationships between certain characters and so forth. Uh, I also thought that it kind of gave you a little bit more idea of you know how extensive the that you know, whatever that possession is going on with the troops and kind of gave you an idea of like how serious it was and how, uh, you know, basically they can't turn back time. They're basically screwed. And uh, we, as we saw at the end of the episode, we, you know, they'll figure that out. But, uh, but yeah, most definitely, I think those sequences were interesting. They all had some uh, interesting things going on. Uh, and I thought that it allowed it to flow pretty decently. I didn't think anything was really spectacular, uh, but I definitely didn't think it was horrible. Uh, but overall, not too bad, not too shabby. Oh, look at this! I like this. Uh, I like this isolated image here and whatnot, where I get to be right in the front. I can. I get to be right in the big spot. Ooh, I like this. This is cool. All right, awesome, Jennifer. There you go. Since you're in the spot now, what are your thoughts on those scenes? And we'll do. I'll switch around. Yeah, I don't know if I like that as much as you do, but uh <laughs> Oh, you like it. You know you do. <laughs> it's all me. Uh no, it's it's good. I like the um the infection aspect of this where the darkness is overcome, but he like you said earlier, he can still like he realizes that he's changing. He's not fully gone yet. He's pretty much dying uh, to this infection or whatever we want to call it. Um, but these things, these things were good. They were um, a little bit filler, but it 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 goes a long way in showing us the world too uh, when they travel and these little you can <laughs> Alora can just come across these randos that just live in the in the in the forest. You know, in this sweet little meadow. Um, I thought that was going to be a dream sequence. You know, I thought it was going to be fake because it was just so random looking and the characters seemed very off. Uh, so this little cabin in the wood scene was different, confusing, and weird. Um, all good things, I feel like. Um, some of it got a little. Um, heavy-handed you know because they start talking about how we're all the same and we're all you know it, it it sort of got a little preachy in the middle there um and then you could sort of tell that uh they were going to be red-shirted they were gonna they were gonna pretty much be eliminated and die because we need we need some casualties uh, along the way on this road to up the stakes some okay most definitely. Jasmine, my friend, your thoughts. 
I agree with Jen when it comes to casualties. We do need some because so far we've had nothing more than um, conversation, world building, exploring, little bit of combat, but no real risks taken with our main cast that we keep following. So having this particular battle, you know, fight and how it did was nice. We built some stakes on top of getting to see more of the environment and the world that we're on, you know, we're currently investing in. I'm a little annoyed with what's his name? Brumo, Ramon, Jafar, him. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Borman. Borman. Borman, I was close. Uh, <laughs> he is very conniving. He reminds me of Val Kilmer's character. I feel like he was written in to replace him. In my opinion, just kind of the way he's written. He reminds me a lot of the uh, Val Kilmer's character from the movie. Where he has his own um, goal and execution in which he's going for, while enticing sub characters because he's a good sweet talker and he knows how to tell a good story. Um, I really hope the brownies show up because I kind of missed them. But so far, the loo, what's the loo, what do they call them, daywalkers? No. The little zombie people, the the soldiers. Disciples. Them? The what? They're called the disciples. The disciples, that's so lame. Anyway, um, <laughs> them getting anorexic through the entire episode was killing me. I'm like, y'all didn't eat shit this whole time? But him and that damn octave level that keeps changing, like, there's three mics connected to one, and he just keeps talking with three different voices. It's like, dude, shut up. Pick one. He seems more confused of what his goal is, though he knows he's working for the crone, but he's also working for that skeleton dude who bit him in the beginning. And then you have the nothing from freaking Neverland, a never-ending story showing up, talking about smoke screens and, you know, making everything gray. The stakes got big real quick. Like, <laughs> they went from, like, 15 to 100 in, like, a few panels. I felt like I was reading a comic book from, like, Marvel going into the DCU. It was just a little bit too... <laughs> it was like I went from Mickey Mouse to Snyder Cut. It was a bit my... <laughs> it was a big jump <laughs> because we kept going from what they're doing with in their side mission to the lesbians in the woods. Oh, Get told a story about the circumstances in which this bitch is running. Like... I was confused for a minute. I'm like, what the hell is this episode doing? But I love the lesbians. They were killing me. 
That's not that mushroom. That's my mushroom. Really, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) That mushroom. So we'll get another one. Like, really? That's why I love love having Jasmine on as a transgender and whatnot and everything on the show. Because she can say shit that I can't say. That I wanted to say. You know what I mean? And now I can say it. So thank you, Jasmine. I really appreciate you being here for that. Go on now. It was was funny. That was funny. Oh yeah, those those were some straight. Those were some butch lesbian. Yo, you called it. Those 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 were two some straight up butch ass lesbians right there, yo. They were, but the other one was like submissive. The other one was more dominant. It was just an interesting. (laughs) It was an interesting situation because so many people were saying since episode one that they thought the princess and her swordsman were going to get together due to that one small scene, which I even said it reminded me of Bucky and Sam when they rolled down the hill. It wasn't, I didn't feel like it was that moment that everybody thought it was. It was queer baiting. I thought it was just the moment where they fell on each other and they were just kind of like, are you going to move or am I going to move? Bitch, you're on top of me. Move. You know? So (laughs) I didn't think it was going to be there, but to have them actually put a lesbian couple in there without uh, being too drawn out with it or too obvious, or too stereotypical with it. It was an interesting situation because it was comedic, in my opinion. As quick as it was. And, and then it turned cover, tragic, you know? Oh, when she fought and lost, I was like, bitch. That was awful. Really I thought it was funny. She had the nerve to look, stab him in the back, then look at her girl wink, bitch. <laughs> Pay attention. This is a battle. <laughs> it was funny. But that's pretty much what I had to say. Is, you know, they were my highlight of the episode right there. Definitely, I thought that they were very that they definitely were very interesting, uh, without question. Um, and um, Cyber, did you have any thoughts on the uh, the two Bush lesbians? No, uh, I mean it was a funny sequence. Uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't catching on to them being lesbians. <laughs> Uh, but overall, it was an okay scene. Nothing great. You didn't catch on to that? Really? How'd you miss that, yo? <laughs> Hello. It may have been subtle, but it wasn't that subtle. Okay. No. It was as subtle as Stu and Billy from freaking Scream. Come Her on. name was like Herbert. Cyber's not, a, Cyber, Cyber's not a goddamn fucking sexual degenerate like we are, Jen and Jasmine and me. We're like, not a degenerate. It's because we recognize things. Well, I mean, why do you think he's my co-host? Somebody's got to balance out my fucking, like, grimy ass. There's nothing grimy about it. It's and just... Just, because it, just because I say that doesn't mean I knew it was. I'm just saying it did not come off that way. So if you don't agree with that, that's fine. But overall, I don't think it was, they acted like lesbians. They just I think they were two people in the woods that she happened to come across. Yep. That's what right. are lesbians I... supposed to act like? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, you expect I did, them to be scissoring in the woods? I, 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 think they should start, I think they should start wearing a letter L on their chest and shit, personally. But lesbians. Adultery. Red Play some World War II shit, baby. There we go. Oh, Simon, we're, we're just there we go. You. There we go, Jasmine. There's a little, we'll get we'll just get a little World War II history again, like like on Sunday. Okay, so you can give me another panic attack. <laughs> Oh, we were talking about cats in America. Steve Rogers is a fucking Jew. I'm telling you, oh, man. You're so- 
I know. Jazz is something else. Anyways, but she, but you know what? Bless her heart. I love her to death, though. No, no. Anyways, I know either you did way. not to bless your heart. That's like the most southern way to say F you. Hey, listen. <laughs> I, you don't understand something. Um, the reason I don't have a New York accent anymore and whatnot is because I spent a decade with a, a chick from like the Cajun part of like western like swamps of Louisiana and whatnot and shit. So a decade of like her fucking accent versus my New York accent, mine should just rubbed off. So believe it or not, folks, I am a New Yorker, born and raised. I know I don't sound like it, but I am. Um, and proud of it. Too. A New Yorker that said, "Bless your heart." That is the biggest f you. <laughs> I've lived in the South my entire adult life, Jasmine. I, I haven't been back to the up north. I do not like, know bless your heart. Bless her heart is an F oh, you from Southern people. <laughs> I know that. That's why I said it to you. It's a joke, a little inside joke between me and you. Anyways, so let me move on here. So as I said, Kit and Borman continue their, you know, intense, serious dialogue about, uh, you know, Kit's father, Van Bardigan. And Borman explains the whole deal with the Lux Arcana. Um, and you know, that's from, it's in this tomb. Um, and, um, you know, at that point, um, you know, we, we find out essentially the Lost Arcana, well, I think we, we heard about this also episode too. The Lost Arcana was created by Annabelle, a bay of the Grove. She created this device as a magical key that activated the, um, the enchanted Chimerian, um, Curus. So it would only serve he who was worthy of its awesome power. It was lost in the ages and eventually found by Mardigan and um, Thraxis Borman. So um, at that point, of course, um, you know, we end up with um, essentially Borman and Kit separating themselves and deciding to go to the tomb, right? And um, sort of fracturing the group. And then Alora, um, you know, we catch up to, you know, Ballantyne and, you know, the, the rest of the disciples. And Alora actually sort of like fights back and um, refuses to submit. And he uses some magic to kind of like, I guess, you know, fuck with Ballantyne uh, and shit and whatnot. Threatens them that, he's, that she's, you know, she is, you know, uh, you know, Alan, Alana, Alora, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, has all this magical ability. Uh, Willow and the crew show up um, to save Laura, and we get our second, you know, really, really solid, but like, and very, very sensibly longer than the first one. You know, it, it, it spans at least probably, I'd say probably five or six, maybe minutes solid or seven even maybe. Um, we get our second really big action scene, a lot of sword play, a lot of sword fighting. Everybody gets in it. Um, Jade does a lot of fighting and whatnot and everything and whatnot, but again, um, these disciples, again, like, seem to be able to get, like, get almost, like, wounded to the level that they should be killed, and they're not dying. So, you know, we noticed that, like, you know, I think twice, like, you know, basically during the battle. Um, and so, essentially, um, you know, during the battle, you know, um, the prince actually sadly gets infected, you know. By the darkness or whatever, whatnot, you know, um, similar to Valentine. Um, and essentially, um, you know, Willow's buddy, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what his name is. Uh, Silas. Silas, yes. Um, Silas is killed, um, you know, and at that point, Willow gets pissed off, uses his staff or whatever, whatnot, and like unleashes his power, his magic and whatnot, and he essentially just obliterates all the disciples. 
like you know and like i think almost flushes out the darkness in them too at the same time which is what then allows valentine to actually like go back to himself his own human self before he like essentially you know is going to die or whatever whatnot or wants to ask to be released and we do get like a very serious tangible like legit moment where um he's like you know just then like you know hit by willow's magic um and he's like dying and he like tells her like warns her as uh, he's experienced the darkness so he you know he warns jade and tells her you know protect you know alora um like you know this threat the crone you know the crone and whatnot and whatnot are like real like you know the, they want to destroy the you know the whole they want to bring darkness to the whole to our whole realm um and you know basically says something along the lines of um raising you training you is the most the proudest thing i've ever done in my life type deal right which was really sweet it really was um and um basically at that point um you know the you know we know that you know the the prince you know again the prince is he's effect infected everybody participates basically in the battle i think they all fight like everybody gets in there they're all swinging swords and shit and whatnot everybody that's present um and so you know before we essentially then you know get to what what is our like i guess would be our final scene um jennifer what were your thoughts on that whole that whole scene what'd you think of the battle did you, have, did you have a hard time seeing it? Did you find it to be dark? It was a little bit dark, but not too bad. I mean, not enough to bug me much. Um, I, I think I just got used to that sort of style uh, on these sort of fantasy shows. They tend to um, film this stuff dark. <laughs> it's the style. But um, where did you start off at? Oh, uh, so let's add Indiana Jones to the list of um, influences that the show feels like because when they go in um, to the tomb looking for. Oh, they, wait a minute. This to be clear, they've quoted like several movies. Like, oh, yeah. already. Like, yeah. yeah, there's been several references and like, like moments where they've like basically borrowed tropes from films we all know of. Yeah, yeah. They It kind of keeps popping up and. Part of me wants to see something that never reminds me of anything else, but I don't know if that's possible. So I'm going to just choose to be charmed by the little homages to like different genres or different franchises. And I just chose to assume that this looked like Indiana Jones when they went into the tomb. Um, there was a shot of a snake. So we know Indy loves snakes too. So. Um, the, the fight scene was really good, and I was sad about Silas dying. That was, he's, if there's anybody we can kind of lose, he's probably the one at, at this point in the journey. So it doesn't hit as hard. We're not really attached to him as a character. So it's really, it's good for motivation for Willow to fucking freak out and magic the shit out of these guys <laughs> like i think like he didn't even know he could do that i don't think and it was like uh, a magic it was like a magic orgasm jen it was he like he just said no nah, fuck y'all and um and we also got to see some some clues of him and alora still being linked magically because when he he wakes up like he has some sort of vision with her um and anyway they 
they're still sort of emphasizing their connection. Um, so I am afraid that Willow's going to end up dying at the end of this. I'm just afraid everybody's going to fucking die, but it's okay that Silas died. Um, <laughs> uh, and the scene with Valentine and Jade was was really well done. Like, really, I, I was glad that the, he got to have that human moment with her before he totally died. Um, and it feels like a little mini arc is already over. Like even three episodes in, like, you know, one of our, our pursuers has already died. Um, one of our heroes on our team has already died. Um, so again, those stakes are building more and things are becoming more real. I think this, this sort of thing is what's going to get Kit to not be an asshole, right? She's going to grow up. She's going to experience this shit that sucks and have these fights and, it's going to it's gonna help her grow as a person and not be an asshole anymore, is my hope. Okay. So you see, you see a redemptive, uh, possible redemptive asshole exit, possibly. For yeah, Kit I mean, she's still a kid. You know, she's a spoiled kid. So I think there's a lot of room for Kit to grow. Well, I would rather have permanent assholeness than permanent erectile dysfunction, personally. But um, that's just me. Um, yeah. Either way... Um, Cyber, my friend, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the battle there and the uh, the scenes uh, preemptively before that? So the battle sequence, just like the other one, was just really fun, really enjoyable. I loved all the action, how they fought it out, how they had everyone and you know basically group in and take on the attack. I like how it showed each person have kind of their own kind of like matches one on one with certain people. I thought that was really good. Uh, the death of Silas is, of course, I was really sad because uh, I really enjoyed his character in the original film, even though it wasn't a huge role. Uh, once again, I thought maybe they might have given him a little bigger role in this, and they did, uh, but they ended up killing him off, so I was not happy with that because uh, I think that he should have gotten more screen time. And uh, I, I would have liked to seen more of him throughout the, the series. And then just all the other interactions, uh, I mean, I thought – were filler pretty much uh definitely you know the the relationship between uh uh ellen kellerman and uh the head guard there uh that was very good that was very interesting i liked how they have them kind of have that sentimental moment him kind of like being that mentor to her and kind of father figure which was really well done and i thought that worked out really well uh to kind of end that battle at the very end of this episode so i thought all of them all the sequences were done really decently really well and overall i thought they were all pretty decent jasmine i'm here your thoughts i'm sorry no go ahead Um, ahead. ahead. i didn't realize i was muted (laughs) um basically i think like uh cyber said that the fight scene was really well done. They did a really good job with flipping from each character during the conflict and doing it in a way that it didn't feel rushed or sloppy. The editing was really good. And losing a character <laughs> during that battle was infuriated me. Why? Because I kind of wanted Jafar to go. Because his lying ass. I want them to see Jafar being ass. I know that ain't his name, but that's his name now. Jafar. 
Um, oh, boo boo. You know him. Anyway, um, I, him being a lying little jerk and hiding that thing in his little lightsaber pouch that seems to be in every franchise. They all have that little cigarette pouch where you can hide like a cigar. I think that him somehow leading her to that location and going into that tomb with those rats that literally gave me nightmares. Just seeing them, they were so big. It made me think of the mummy. Thank you, Jazz. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but thank you for bringing that up. Where am I echoing at? Somebody. I don't know. Let me see here. No, that's not it. Your way. No, they didn't bring that up. I didn't mention. I didn't mention the tomb. And and um and Borman and Kit going there and whatnot and everything. So I'm glad you brought that up. Where am I echoing? I know. I I know you skipped it. So that's why I was like. Hearing, I mean, seeing them go in there and him sneaking there the way he did. He lied and said they were going to this tavern, this place that was so gorgeous and full of, I think, boobs. I think he said boobs, didn't he? He said boobs. I swear he did. Anyway, and the girl was like all for it. She was like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to go with him and fuck you. <laughs> but they go to the tavern and it's burned down this little decrepit wasteland that looks like it's crawling with orcs it actually surprised me that he was lying because how he was kind of um what's the word um interacting with her kind of this uh, father-daughter bound. I was starting to think that Jafar was the daddy. That was my opinion. Because I'm like, ooh, we got a little mixed baby here? Because the way he's interacting with her and telling these stories and just, it, it gave me a very familiar bond type situation. But, um, him tricking her and going into the cavern and then going down into the well and those rats coming out like little terrors. I kind of thought they were either Clay Mason at first or Jim Henson-y just from like first glance because they gave me a very um, practical effect vibe at first. I know there's a little bit of CGI just in order to enhance but the way they did it was very, um, very well done. It added to the um, the terror of it when they had to run down the tunnel and you just hear them scraping and coming down the, the uh, coming after them and the eyes. Oh my God, the eyes. I felt like I was watching some for Curse, the Cowardly Dog. It was terrifying. Um, I was just like, is that guy going to come out and say, where's the slab? You know, that guy. It was interesting. Now, coming off of the battle, before it even started, we had the, the uh, Alora talking about, I thought she was going to do some magic or something when she started saying the words and felt so confident about it after touching the guy's face and having sparks come off. I was kind of hoping like, 
vines were going to come out of the ground and start beating the crap out of them or something or just drag them down. I thought something was going to happen just for it to be a stick from fucking Willow. I was disappointed. Really? You got whacked by a short guy? Like, how the hell his stick did that get that far up? Like, he had to reach. So you thought Swamp (laughs) Thing was going to fucking pop up at the episode? Yes! I was excited. I was invested. I was like, ooh, this is about to get good. She about to go all evil queen from Snow White from Once Upon a Time on their ass. I was like, yeah! Really, Willow? I was fucking up the story. (laughs) But I think they did a wonderful job because they built up the tension with her and those disciples. I hate that. I'm going to call them skinny people. They were so good because just having them take her and run off with her built this tension because you were, it felt like the cloud was like a clock, like a ticking bomb of doom that they were trying to race past and get to this location before it took over the world or something. That's what it was giving me. Like the eye of Sauron was coming for them and it was just like, I see you type of situation. So it was, they did a really good job with this episode. It was very well shot, edited, and written, in my opinion. It made it so that Huntress uh, wasn't just a cunt, but had more development in her character. Which was nice, because I know that was my issue with the first two episodes. All right. Excellent. All right. That fucking, but that that echo is not excellent. That's actually irritating. But anyways, either way. Um. So, to wrap this up, final thoughts on the episode because really all that's left after there, of course, is the prince is clearly hurt. He kind of like you know he, uh, they can tell that he's hurt. He says something about um you know bad magic, um and uh, basically we get um um uh, you know Borman. Um, saying like you know, I, we don't. I don't even know what the fuck we are. And everything and whatnot. And of course, Willow does though. Um, we're at uh, uh, Nakmar, and we see this like big ass city that's all lit up and whatnot in the distance and shit. Looks pretty dope. And that's pretty much it. And then we get the fucking awesome. I love these credits on the end of these episodes, man. I love them. Cyber, so I know you don't like them, but I fucking think they're awesome. Or, or don't think I love this one. I loved this one. Whoever played a- that. It was a cover of whoever played Metallica. Metallica. Who, who played who played that cover? I wrote it right down. Look, Rena. Her name is Rena Sawahana. She's a Japanese artist. I wrote it down oh. for you. <laughs> it was really good. I wanted to know who the, that's why I wrote. Love the credits. Who the fuck was that doing Metallica cover? There's my outline, folks. There you go. Love it. Anyway, so final thoughts, Jennifer. Then Jasmine. Then Cyber. Ladies first. Um, final thoughts in the episode. Keep it tight. Um, what do you think that Nakamar is going to be like? Is there going to be some fucking crazy shit going on in there? Like, is that where fucking uh, Jade and Kit are going to bang, as Jen likes, likes, likes to put it? Uh, I like to I like to go with the uh, rub, stash versus stash rubbing uh, types, you know, vibe, whatever, whatnot, stash on stash. But that's okay. Uh, either way, what do you th- what are you thinking here, Jen? Um, what are we going to get out of Nakamar? And um, what's up with the prince, man? Is he going to turn into a disciple or what? How is he not I, a disciple already? Borman became a disciple. Or not Borman, but uh, Valentine. 
Yeah, I mean, I said I wanted him to turn heel. I didn't know that. I, I didn't really mean for him to get infected. But, um, yeah, that 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 place looks very sexy. I'm sure these ladies are, when they're looking over this expanse of this clearly dark magic land, they're just thinking, man, I can't wait to get down there and bang. Uh, so, excited for that scene. Um... I think Borman is going to be our low-key secret hero at the end. Um, maybe self-sacrifice, maybe comes up with, you know, some secret of, I know where your dad is, or he'll, he has some sort of information that we need. I am your dad. I am your dad. <laughs> I am your dad, possibly, but I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, uh, but yeah, that Enter Sandman was really good and a little bit of a stranger things uh knockoff too i was like oh they really did that didn't they um but i that was a, that was a sick cover so i i was like whatever i'm fine with it um but yeah i'm just it it's getting darker it's getting more mystical it's getting more um fantasy like so that's good i i, I do want them to hang on to that level of humor um and not lose that along the way um, because as, as it gets darker, the humor should also get darker, which is what I like. So, um, I think this show is on a great track. I really like it. I really enjoy it. Great. Excellent. Jasmine? Jasmine? I think Jasmine. that... Sorry, the mic kept flickering and not working. Okay. Um, I think that overall the episode has been really good and it's very promising and I still feel like it can go either way. So, but I do hope that they don't have a moment where Jafar and Kit have a moment and things go intimate because if they do I don't want to have a I'm your sister I'm your sister moment I can't I don't think I can handle it because like, like if Joe, the mom tells like, them like Joe Dirt like Joe Dirt yes like you find Dirt. out that that's the daddy after they've had an intimate moment oh I don't think I could handle it this is Disney so I don't think we're going that I don't care they've done that with properties that are you know towards young adults they've well, done Star it before Wars. Yes. Exactly. Like they've done it before. So it's like I just hope they don't do like it doesn't have to be intimate to the point of you know, but I don't want to kiss or something, you know, her crushing on her daddy. I just I just hope not. You know, because they are having they, they're interacting and I do feel like there's a reason why he was locked away and kept at good good condition there's a reason behind it there's a meaning behind it the mom obviously doesn't do anything for no reason so in my opinion they're doing a really good job it can go either way okay cyber so my final thoughts on the episode uh how it ends it was you know pretty basic nothing extravagant nothing crazy uh, definitely you know kept my interest peaked and made me want to watch the next episode. And uh, most definitely, you know, 
a lot of interesting things going on there. I mean, there's a lot more to tell, so it'll be interesting to see what you know comes out of this episode going into the next episode. Uh, but overall, I thought it was pretty decent episode, really fun, really enjoyable, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. I think it's one of the best of the three episodes so far. I really thought this really, really inspired and piqued me even more than the previous two episodes. And it'll be interesting to see just, you know, what comes out of, you know, Bronwyn, what comes out of Willow, what comes out of all the different characters uh, down the line and kind of where they end up going. It is sucky that Tony Rivoli got got nicked and has now possessed. Uh, so I'm hoping they find a way to cure him because I would hate to see him turn. Uh, but I, I love that character. I think Tony Rivoli is fun, has been fun in it. I like how he's been uh, giving his character. It's a lot different than his Flash Thompson in the Spider-Man films and any other films I've seen him in. And uh, I, I'm really I, I'm enjoying it. I hope they don't kill his character off. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see just what they do with that. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll let him use my Bacta tank real quick and whatnot and everything, but I want a shout-out from him in Willow Season 2, though. I want a true knowledge fucking shout-out, baby. And then he can use my Bacta tank real quick and everything, and he'll be good. And he'll get rid of that herpy might have picked up already from um, Allure anyway. You know what I'm saying? That'll be out there, too. So, because this Bacta's got that effect, baby. You feel me? Shout-out to Joe. The shout-out to Boba, baby. Boba, thank you for the discount on my Bacta tank, man. Appreciate you. And shout-out to the Tuscans, as always, my people over there. The, the, the people, the Tuscans out there, my friends, um, you know, people don't people don't care about the Tuscans, but I do at the end of the day. But anyways, bottom line, well, there you go, folks. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's do a rating on the show, guys, on how the show went tonight. We'll start with you, Jen. Then I'll go over to Cyber. Then I'll go to you, Jazz. What's your 1 to 10 rating on how the show went so far for the review so far? Where are we at? You want me to to review the show that yeah. I just did? How, how we do? How we do? Yeah. That's going to be a 10. Why would I give oh, anything less? Oh, shit. All right. There we go. Cyber, what do you think, man? Uh, seriously, uh, rating on the show? <laughs> You're asking for a rating on our show. Just say 10. Oh, you can rating make... on our show. Would you rather Would you rather rate the... I'd give it 100. There you say, go. Okay. All right. Jasmine, what are, you, Jasmine, what are your what thoughts? Oh, there's the echo. I oh, found it, you son of a bitch. Is it me? Oh, it's you. Of course oh, it is. Huh? Oh, well. I think it is. We're a thousand, honey. This was everything. It was fun, and we're doing what we love. So, yeah. Hey. That's, I, I have to say, I agree with everybody. I mean, you know, those are all very respectable uh, ratings. Um, we're a little biased, of course, because we're actually participating in the show right now. That's the whole concept of live streaming, folks, you know. But yeah, shout out to Rumble, baby. Hey, I mean, we're not new on Rumble. We're newish, but we've only been on Rumble for less than six months. So will we see eight, 10, 12 people checking out our lives and whatnot and shit and everything? We appreciate you folks, man. Like, thank you very much, people over on Rumble and whatnot and everything, for actually giving a shit and, like, coming and checking us out, right? It's got to be Jen and Jazz, though. You know what I'm saying? That are bring, that, bringing them in. You know what I mean? Um, But, uh, you know, it can't be Willow. It certainly can't be those fucking dialogues between fucking Kit and Jade. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, fuck, man. Um, Anyways, I don't want to make Jen upset because, she, you know, so I won't, I won't go, any, don't go there or whatever. But um, anyways, folks, so yeah, there you go. And at the hour 36 minute mark, 
That is the basically the review of Willow episode three. Um, I want to thank our panel that did an excellent job tonight. I'm going to give them um, you know, AI. I love you 3000 right here, baby, for Jazz and Jen. You know what I'm saying? On the panel, kicking ass. You know what I mean? And I really hope, genuinely, I'm sure that our audience does too, that you guys come back next week for episode four. It'd be excellent to have you both on the panel. But, of course, life happens. So, if necessary, I can always get Jar Jar to step in. You know what I'm saying? Real quick, he'll jump in if you want and sub in. But, um, you know, uh, bottom line, uh, thanks to the panel. Thanks to everybody out there that ends up checking out this uh, review on YouTube or whatever. You know, usually YouTube, when it's not live, we appreciate you. Um, our, um, our average time, our watch times are looking pretty solid. For how long our shows are, so I mean, you know, I mean, I, we're really proud of that. Um, you know, it, it, it's I, I am without question. Um, and as usual, we're killing it with women. Um, the last time I checked on YouTube analytics, I think the last couple of months we've been we've been averaging on YouTube YouTube viewership around like thirty two percent. I think the lowest I saw was like twenty eight percent female viewership. That's pretty fucking good, folks, on YouTube in a male dominated genre like we're in. So. And I'm not even going to talk about our podcast and Linux with women because if I did, it, people it might hurt people's feelings. So um, either way, um, going around the panel really quick and whatnot, Cybernet Shark, if you'd like to start, um, I'll pull up your YouTube channel real quick and whatnot. You can go ahead and do your plugs. I'll, then I'll go to you, Jen. Then I'll go to you, Jazz. And we'll get the fuck out of here and go do different shit. It'd be fucking awesome. All right, folks. So if you are familiar with me, if you have watched our podcast, you can find me under what? Under YouTube. Uh, not what, but you can find me under Cybernetic Shark, of course. You know, if you enjoy me moderating or on the panel, you can definitely check me out on my solo channel, which, like I said, is under Cybernetic Shark. I'm getting and, it. I'm uh, getting it. And basically, you know, if you're interested, I uh, just recently popped up a couple unboxings for some anniversary editions of some recent physical uh, media. So definitely check those out if you get a chance. Uh, also, my little shorts, uh, I've been trying to keep up there, too, for you guys. And uh, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, as you can see, I'm at 445. Like I said, I'd like to be by the end of the year at 500. So I just need another 55. So if you guys could get me up there, it'd be great. And uh, you guys uh, rock, you know, of course. Uh, and new material will be coming up in the next several weeks. I have stuff already slated, ready to go. Uh, Going to be uploaded the day of every week uh trying to get things out for thursday friday saturdays every week from now on you'll have something new up so keep an eye out for that trying to keep that uh in a general aspect of just you know keeping it going and uh like i said yeah if you get a chance go check it out and uh you can find me on all the different social media platforms too so if you have suggestions of something you like to see me review let me know people i am more than happy to so i appreciate all you and uh Check it out, Jen. What do what where do I find you on Twitter? Is that where I where I can find your content? You sure can. It's at Jenny Position on Twitter. Um, Hold on if one you second. Google I'll that right now. What is yeah. it now? It it's um. What is it on Twitter? At Jenny Position. Clever. I swear we did this last time. Um. But yeah, anything I do is linked on there. I do a lot of um, live watches, like I said earlier, and then professional wrestling. 
uh, reviews and, and whatnot. Uh, you can find me on the North South Connection podcast feed uh, every Wednesday with one of my shows. And uh, also I have some content over on the Place to Be Wrestling feed. Um, hey, yeah, look at there. Oh, God. I ain't never seen my whole ass Twitter page thrown up at me like that before. So there's some questionable tweets and, um, and any, uh, any shows I do will be linked on there as well. There's you right there on the show. How about that? There's me. It's like showception right now. That's dope as shit. Bitch, where? Come on now. Oh, also, uh, I'm a big horror fan and, uh, Joe Bob's, uh, Thing is on t- on Shutter tonight, so go watch Shutter. Okay, excellent. Jasmine, would you like me to pull up your YouTube channel, my friend? Google Tide. <laughs> yes, you can pull up mine. Okay, give um, me a second. I will. So I'm Jazzy Nerdy Girl Reacts. You can probably look it up by go- typing in YouTube. Now zero three because that's what my mom decided to put when I first started my YouTube channel. Um, and my Twitter handle is Jazzy Productions, which I tweet a lot, and I can be kind of controversial when it comes to DC because um, they fired Henry Cavill. Anyway, um, You can follow me on those because I do go on Twitter a lot more than I do YouTube at the moment, but I am rebranding. So once I start going back on there, you will start getting more Marvel content when I start rewatching the MCU as well as some horror films that I haven't seen before. I'm trying to find your, your YouTube channel. I'm sorry that I'm having a minute here, Jazz, but I'm going to get it. I promise. I don't know why it didn't just pop right up when I searched you. Oh, here we go. I think I got it. No, you don't. Surprisingly, you don't pop right up when you put when I put you in the YouTube thing. It's not right there. How do you spell it? Is it J A S S or or Z? I typed it to you in the private chat. Like I said, you'll probably have to go through YouTube now 03 because that's what my handle was when I first started it. Ah. That I'm rebranding. It's going to take a minute before I can officially use that for people to search. I see. I see. I got you now. I remember that from last time. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Now I got you. Now I got you. Okay. Okay. Now I can actually now pull you up, Jazz. I apologize for I that. Apologize. No worries. There we go. I got, go. It. got it. Loading, loading. Boop. There you go. And there you go, folks. Looking good. She said she needs new content. You better get those reactions up, my friend. I'm working on it. YouTube's being a pain, but I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Okay. Well, Jasmine Matthews, Matthews, there you go. There you go. I showed off your shit. Um, folks, honestly, um, 
the, the best individual content I'm making these days is stuff that I can't show, unfortunately, um, unless I add some kind of Patreon R-rated NC-17 type shit going on or whatever with the content and whatnot. The my, the my private uh, content is uh, something that's a little bit beyond the scope of YouTube, if, if you know what I mean. Um, but um, either way, believe me, it's very impressive, I promise. Um, the watch times on those ones um, depend and vary. But um, either way, um, and yes, I have been approached uh, several times to be on OnlyFans and whatnot and everything, and I continue to decline my um, my opportunities because un until I find the special, the right special person, I am not um, putting my face out there having children and whatnot and everything and whatnot in the family out there fucking some chick. You know what I'm saying? Like online and whatnot. I have not quite found that person yet. Well, we'll see, though. You never know. Um, you know? Um, maybe the she, maybe like she hulk Dom me will like get leaked or something like that. That'll be a big viral hit for me. We'll have to see. I'll be like a big, I'll be a big leader in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, the sub, the male sub community. But, um, anyways, folks, once again, we love all of you out in all the fandoms. Um, I don't know if there's a Willow fandom. If there is, I'd be very interested in thinking what your thoughts are on the, uh, Jade can't lesbian relationship and whatnot over there since that seems to be like you know my most fascinating aspect of the series so far um and i want to again thank everybody out there that supports cybernetic shark individually with his content get him up to 500 subs and then get up to a thousand please um jennifer we're going to make sure we get her descriptions in the description her links in the description and whatnot come check out her content um you know and um hopefully you know we'll be seeing her more on the shows and then, of course, Jasmine, we appreciate you very much, hon. Um, you've been doing a great job most recently. You've been having some great shows with us, except for the Captain America being a Jew deal. Um, other than that, you've been awesome. Shout out, to, to, once again, to all the fandoms. Have a great weekend, everybody. We love all of you. And um, do me a favor. Subscribe to the fucking YouTube channel. Cyber and I would like to get to 10,000 subs. You know what I'm saying? That shit would be dope. And, you know, once we get 10,000, 100,000 is like a minute away. So get give us to ten thousand, so we can we can you know get up that get up that hill, baby. Um, but no, we love all of you. Appreciate you. See you next time. Peace.